right, welcome to another All About Nothing podcast. I am your host, Barrett. Thank you so much for joining me. First, I want to apologize because uh, I intended on uploading a podcast from this weekend. Unfortunately, I had the uh, technical difficulties meaning I did not save it before I closed out. So that's on me. Totally on me. It has been a couple weeks, and like I said, uh, I intended on doing a podcast uh, this weekend that you would have been... I'm not going to say graced, because honestly, that makes it sound a lot more important than it is, and it isn't, so if it were, it probably would defeat the uh, the whole title of the show, I guess, All About Nothing. If it was important, then it would be about something. And maybe if it becomes about something, then what we'll do is we'll change the name of the podcast. Who knows? We'll see. Lots has gone on. Since uh, since the last time we were together, we'll get into uh, we'll get into a recap. I do I do want to first start out with, um, and I'm not going to dwell on it a whole lot because honestly, it is the same conversation over and over and over and. It, it is it is one that I don't think is ever going to be solved because, in all honesty, I don't think that the people that can solve it have any desire to solve it. And uh, I'm referring, of course, to the shooting uh, shootings in uh, Sutherland, Texas. I believe it was Sutherland, Texas, uh, the church. And and okay, so so we've ruled out it was not an Islamist. It was not a terrorist. It was someone with some sort of a mental imbalance that had a grudge against uh, his mother-in-law, whom he didn't even find at the church, but still wound up killing 26 people and injuring another 20. Um, This was a a small community church in Texas and a small town. And first of all, I, you know, and not to, not to make light of it at all, but I, I am still, and I've talked about this with friends and coworkers. I am absolutely perplexed as to how there was anywhere in Texas that did not have someone carrying a firearm, even into a church. I, I am still floored by this idea that at this particular church, there was no one in the congregation who shot back, who, who, who used or tried to use their firearm to protect people in the church. Um, was it just a case of they, they felt like the church was safe and secure and that they didn't have to? Uh, was it a case of uh, the church didn't allow firearms or concealed weapons in, in during the service? Um, I, I, those things are possible. I, I don't know. Um, I know that, you know, just from from talking to people here, whether it's my neighbors or whether it's someone that I work with, I, I, it sounds like they have people that carry firearms in their services specifically to protect against situations like this. I mean, we, I've got a guy at work who who is claimed um, and, and doesn't any longer, but claimed at one point that he actually they had armed guards that were standing 
uh, at the doors to protect the parishioners, parishioners, the, 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 the evangelicals that go to their church. Um, and I use that term loosely because from what he, some of the things that he says that comes out of his church, it, it, it disturbs me. And I don't even know that I can consider some of the things they say Christian, but regardless, that's, that's not what the point of this is. Um, it's essentially thoughts and prayers, of course, go out to the victims and family and friends and, and anyone that has been affected by the shooting in Texas. And again, it is a terrible, tragic situation. And it is, it is one that I don't know that there's a solution for. Um, I certainly have theories on some things that could possibly be done, but you know, when, when I talk about the possibility of, you know, um, um, more stringent background checks or background checks that are required, um, not being able to purchase guns, um, through un, non-dealers at gun shows or the possibility of, requiring a waiting period for the purchase of firearms. I mean, this 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 guy that that shot up this church, um he he shouldn't have even been able to buy a gun because he had been discharged from the military. He had had a history of domestic violence. Um there was uh, a history of violence against a child. So th- he should have made a list somewhere that would not have allowed him to purchase a firearm and yet he I, and, and the thing is, is he knew it because he went from buying a firearm in Texas, which he was able to do, shouldn't have been able to, but he did to Colorado, knowing that he was going to be able to buy a gun there, knowing that he shouldn't have been able to because there wasn't the connectivity. There was not the communication between agencies that would have said, hey, this guy shouldn't be able to buy a firearm. Don't allow it. And yet he did. And with these firearms, he was able to cause mass damage. And we once again have the loss of life that one side deems to be um, collateral damage. It is it, 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 while it's an evil, it seems that it is a necessary evil because they don't want to give up any sense of uh, any. It's not even giving up freedom. To be completely honest, I don't feel like it's giving up freedom. It is maybe empowering that freedom. It's it's empowering people to maybe become more responsible gun owners. You know, um, some some of the statistics show that that uh, gun ownership in this country is is really down to like 30 percent of this country um, that can own guns uh, own guns thirty percent. You know, and of that thirty percent. The the more guns people own, you see that percentage goes up. So you you have you have a lot of people that own a gun, but then you have more people that own more than one gun, and then you have more people than that 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 own more than like four guns or five guns. Okay, granted, I, I have several firearms. Um, two of them I purchased, and then the others were ones that were hand me downs. So they were they I received them from either my grandfather or my father or my grandfather, my other grandfather. You know they they were they were given to me, and I so I do own more than one firearm. I own more than two. I own more than three. I own more than four. But you know, I think there is a line at which it's unnecessary. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to give up their guns if they own more than a certain number. But I I certainly feel like there is some justification for a situation where if you are purchasing firearms 
today, tomorrow, next week, that if you say cross a threshold of one, a certain type of firearm and two, perhaps the number of that type of firearm, let's just call them an AR-15. You know, if, if, if you wind up going to a gun dealer and purchasing three of them, you don't make a list. You just, you, you bought three. And let's say two days later you go back and you buy three more. And then you go back again and buy another three. So now you're up to nine and then 12 and then 15. And I, I feel like it would be safe to assume that purchasing all those guns, one, either you're a dealer or two, you're planning something. And, and I feel like either situation, you should make some sort of a list. There should be some sort of a warning that goes out. And, and I don't know how it would work, but I, I just feel like that's not really all that much to give up. Most of these people that, that talk about their gun rights and, and how they should be able to buy whatever guns, however many guns, whatever type of guns they want, I, I, I feel like if their lives were cut short or someone they loved lives were cut short by a situation like this, I, I, I don't understand how they couldn't imagine not having something in place, some sort of regulation or something that, that could possibly prevent something like this. The, I, I read a report, and this was this was a couple years ago. Um, this was after, maybe it wasn't that long ago, it was after the San Bernardino shooting, that basically um, most of these mass victim crimes, gun crimes, gun, gun violence, um, most of them, like all but a couple, happened within 24 hours of the gun being purchased. So what harm would it be to put in place a national uh, waiting period on the purchase of firearms? I mean, if, if you think about it, the possibility of you might have been able to prevent every one of those that occurred within 24 hours of the gun being purchased. You might have been be able to have prevented a half of them or a quarter of them, but even if you could have just prevented one, it would have made a difference. And I don't understand for the life of me. I, it seems like for the people that have absolutely no interest in preventing any sort of violence, any sort of gun violence, I, it, it is it is extremely hard for me to understand how they would rather do nothing than to at least have a conversation about a possible solution. You know, I, one of the things I always hear, and I know I'm probably repeating myself from previous shows, but one of the things I always hear is, you know, um, gun laws just don't work. And, and the problem with that, the mentality behind that is that, first of all, point out to me a gun law. You know, they always use Chicago. Chicago is, 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 is a terrible example of gun laws because, yes, while the city of Chicago has extremely stringent gun laws, Wisconsin has virtually none. Indiana has virtually none. So you have two states within driving distance of the city of Chicago that you can get your hands on whatever firearm, whatever accessories to the firearm. You can get whatever you want, and that's where they're coming from. Those guns almost always are tied to purchases made in Wisconsin or Indiana. So your example of Chicago being a place that has 
very stringent gun laws does not work. It is completely nullified by the fact that you have two states that are working completely against it. So, and I know I said I wasn't going to make this a thing, but apparently I did. Um, again, just there has to be some sort of a solution. And I refuse, I, I, I believe that not talking about it is the absolute reverse of trying to come up with a solution. And then one of the things I hate is hearing the same thing every single time something like this happens. You hear the same thing every single time. This is not the time to be having the gun debate, which is, I, I honestly, I believe that is actually a talking point specifically from the NRA that when things like this happen, the very first thing that, 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 their uh, spokespeople are supposed to do is get out there and say, this is not the time to have the gun debate. And, and, and it infuriates me because they don't ever want to have the gun debate because if there was actually a legitimate conversation that took place between both sides of the aisle or both sides of the debate that I absolutely believe that there would be some sort of gun solution, whether it was going to be, um, uh, more stringent background checks or just the requirement of a possible um, waiting period. You know, th these things are they're not they're not dissolving the right to own guns. They might just take some guns out of the hands of people that can legally buy them that shouldn't. You know, we, we had a lapse in the mental health care um, bill that President Obama had in place uh, that was rejected by President Trump that basically it, 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 you know, that if you, <laughs> if, if there was a, if there was some sort of mental illness or a history of mental illness that you could not purchase a firearm. And that was done away with because apparently this president wants the mentally ill to be able to have guns. And then he comes out and says that, yes, this isn't a gun problem. This is a mental health problem. Of course, it's a mental health problem. And now you've given guns. You're allowing people that that shouldn't own guns that you are even deeming to be mentally unhealthy to now be able to get guns. It is it is unbelievable. The, the hypocrisy of, of the whole situation and I know it has nothing to do with Trump believing in the Second Amendment. He can stand up there all day and believe in the Second Amendment or say that he believes in it or that he lives by it or that, that he's going to be a strong president in favor of the Second Amendment. All of the presidents are in favor of the Second Amendment. I don't, there's, not, there's not been a single one that wasn't. And, and, and the fact that you, the reason you know this, and it goes for all the lawmakers, is because there is literally no conversation taking place on either floor of the Senate or the Congress, uh, or the Republic, the House of Representatives, there is not a conversation going on, and there will not be. They don't want one. They don't want to have to report to the lobbyists that are shoving that shoving money in their pockets. They do not want to have to have a conversation because if they did, then something would come out of it, and it probably would be something that would be intelligent, and it probably would. It, it would it would suffer from the human condition that requires that we try to fix things that are broken and gun laws are broken. There are none. It's broken. Regardless, again, <laughs> I didn't want to make it a thing, but I did. Um, so uh, the president was in Asia uh, over the last week and he's back. And I talked about this a little bit on the show that I did not get to post because um, I didn't save it. But uh, uh, I, I talked about this. Um, so I'll talk about it again. Um, the president was in China last week 
And one of the things that came out of this um, was uh, something that's gone almost completely unnoticed under the radar. But there is an article um, that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull up and um, I'll take a look at um, or, or post it uh, on our Facebook. But there's an article that talks about um, a, an agreement that was made with the Trump Corporation uh, last week while Trump was in China. And, and, and essentially what it is is an agreement that uh, the Chinese government is going to allow Trump-branded uh, massage parlors, uh, some hotels, a uh, golf course, um, some other things. But the thing that stuck out the most, and I haven't mentioned yet, um, but the, the thing that sticks out the most is that there will be a Trump-branded escort service. And there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation about this because I, I don't know that anyone really knows how to approach it. Um, so I'm just going to say I, I think there's an issue with this. Um, prostitution... And I know escort is not the same as prostitution. I get it. But you're talking about, I'm talking about a president who in his past has had no problem with exploiting women. Uh, I mean, and you can't say he didn't. I mean, he had, he had a show on television that was nothing but the exploitation of attractive women through his Miss Universe pageant or Miss USA or, or, or whatever. You know, that that show specifically was about the exploitation. And and you can say it was for, you know, it was for a uh, it was to give um, the winner or the runners up um, a college uh, or a money for college through grants or not grants. I'm sorry, through a scholarship. Um, And all they had to do was provide service um, for the uh, uh, the year that they were considered the winner. But it, it wasn't. It was it was it was using it was using attractive women uh, on television to sell ads. That's that's what it was. And and to deny that is just asinine. You're you're making a fool of yourself if you think that you can't. You, that there's no correlation between President Trump, pretty women, and uh, this the show. That's all it was for. It, it, so, it, but. Back to China, the, the the issue is is that uh, part of the services that the Chinese government is now going to allow through Trump branded services is security also, but but these escort services, and and you know I, I'm not quite certain because it wasn't described in the article how this is going to be handled or or exactly you know what the escorts are, um, but you know if you think about escorts in the United States, I I can't imagine that. There aren't a few that don't think escort service is basically prostitution. So uh, it, it, it is, it's hard for me to understand how the evangelicals and the far right in this country don't hear things like that and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm for all of what Trump throws out, except this. It, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to wrap my head around as to why the president can have his name attached to escort services and not have anything said, not have any backlash from even the press in this United States. And maybe it's just that it's too hard to believe. Maybe it's just that nobody's nobody's really talking about it yet because it seems really far-fetched. And it does. It does. I, I, I had to look at the article several times before I even, even like was able to wrap my head around exactly what it was I was reading because it just strikes as so inappropriate that 
and, and and here's the thing. So a lot of the dealings for this particular situation took place in April of 2015 before the president was even a candidate for president. And um, it just it, so they were trying to put this in place before. And then, of course, he becomes a candidate and then he becomes the nominee and he wins the election electorally. And it it. it <laughs> It seems like this is something that somebody would have stood up and said, hey, you know what, why don't we hold off on this till 2020 or maybe 2024 if, God forbid, he gets reelected. But why wouldn't we stop this from going through? And from some of the things that I'm reading as far as comments go, it seems like that may have been his whole purpose for this Asian trip was to go to China and get the ball rolling on that so that China, the Chinese would approve it so that he could have this business. And and so now overseas in a country that he swore during his campaign was ripping the United States off, he now has a, a slew of services that the Trump Corporation or Trump Incorporated or Trump Industries or whatever they're called, that this company now has their hands tied into and one of them being escort services. So it, I, at some point, I, I, I feel like if we just continue with this, and let's say Trump doesn't get reelected, but he will always be recognized as the 45th president. At some point in the future, history is going to look back at this. I really feel like they're going to look back and they're going to go, what the, f- what was wrong with these people? What was wrong with the country at the time that he was elected president that was that, that, that this could happen, that you have evidence of campaign, I'm sorry, evidence of election, election tampering from the Russians. You have a president who should be more forceful with the Russians, but he, he embraces them like they are his best friend. And, 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 you know, and China, who he talked so poorly about during the campaign, and yet now is, you know, he can't say anything negative about them at all. Okay, the Philippines, they have literally elected a man who has openly admitted to murder in the name of, of drug control or prostitution control or just in general, just crime prevention. He has openly admitted that he has committed murder and... You have video of the president of the Philippines singing to the president of the United States. And 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 clearly they they must like each other some because he he was at a dinner and the president of the Philippines is singing to President Trump, you know, so they embrace each other in 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 clearly very close ways. But they they are they are embracing each other. And, and I I just feel like if. This president had a grasp on what the reality is in this country that he would not be embracing the president of the Philippines. The, the Philippines still has open slavery. You know, they, they have workers that work without pay, without compensation, and yet and they can't quit their jobs. It's the same in Vietnam. They, they still Vietnam still has slavery and we are embracing these two countries that 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 defy what the status uh what 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 the situation is and in the united states they defy human rights and and yet our president goes there and treats them like he's their best friend and that they are his best friend it's it is unbelievably uncomfortable 
and I, 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 like I said, I feel like history is going to look back on these times and they're just going to, it's going to be a, a big question mark, you know, unless the textbooks written in, you know, Texas, where apparently they don't even put slavery into history books anymore. So who knows? I, I don't. I, I just I, I feel like the, the world has gone crazy and it's all topsy turvy and upside down and just and I realize those two things are the same, but I'm still saying them. Um, it's it's it just doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And finally, uh, tonight, I do want to talk a little bit about the Senate campaign in uh, Alabama. So you have what you have Roy Moore, who is the Republican candidate and nominee for the Senate seat that uh, Jeff Sessions left when he became the attorney general. And and, and Roy Moore has been accused, um, at least uh, as it stands right now, by five uh, women to have either sexually assaulted or sexual misconduct uh, of some type. And when the story was just that. Um, it was uncomfortable. Um, as we get further into this story and, and, and further away from when it originally came out, we get closer and closer to details that make it sound like Roy Moore is a pedophile, allegedly. Um, he's Some of these women are accusing him of inappropriate behave, behavior towards them uh, when they were 14, 15, and 16 years old. In fact, it broke today that a mall in Alabama actually forbid him from coming to it because at the age of 30, when he was an assistant district attorney, he he would walk around basically trying to pick up girls. And I don't mean girls like high like like college or or you know his age. I, I mean I mean like teenagers that have been dropped off at the mall by their parents. Um, he 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 is becoming. It's becoming more and more clear that this is an individual that that shouldn't be running for Senate to represent the state of Alabama unless unless Alabama has a lot of, you know, pedophiles in it, which is entirely possible. But, you know, this is this is this is a situation. Roy Moore shouldn't be running for Senate. Roy Moore should have a house in a neighborhood that has a sign in front of it that says attention. A pedophile lives here. That is who Roy Moore is, allegedly. You know, we he he's being accused of these things, and and one of the things that I've heard uh, from people I work with who are <laughs> in support of Roy Moore, um, one of the things like uh, that that I heard that was was utterly disgusting was, well, you know, how do we know someone didn't just put these women up to this? How do we know they're not getting paid? And in my heart of hearts, I refuse to believe that there is anyone, women, men, whomever. I refuse to believe that anyone would want to put themselves out there and admit that something like this happened to them if it didn't. I cannot believe a situation where someone would say, yes, I'll take money and I will stand up there and say that Roy Moore uh, sexually molested me or sexually assaulted me or made me feel uncomfortable because he was exposing his sexuality to me. I, I, I refuse to believe that any woman, any man, any anyone would stand up there and 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 put themselves in the public eye under these terms. I, I, I just don't believe anyone's capable of that. I believe that these women specifically in his situation, they felt and dealt with a very uncomfortable situation that he put them in. And now 
they don't want him to have the power where he can do it to someone else. I, I absolutely believe that this is this isn't just to tear him down, but this is to prevent him from having the power to do it to someone else. Because as it's beginning to turn out, it seems like this is a situation that is rampant in Congress. You're hearing more and more about these uh, women in Congress that are having to deal with the the sexual advances of of uh, of senators and representatives that they can't say anything and and it's weird because they have rules in place that in a situation where a woman feels sexually harassed there is mediation and then they have to sign a non-disclosure document saying that they will never ad- ad- admit to anyone who it was that you know who it was that there was was that was their oppressor you know there is there are procedures in place to prevent that from ever getting out and i i cannot believe that we still live in a time where 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 one treating someone like that is still possible and two to tear the women down that have finally you know finally have the 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 strength and 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 the lack of fear to finally come out and say, yes, this happened to me, only to be torn down by the press or torn down Fox News, mostly Fox News. And for the life of me, I do not understand why they still get to stick news at the end of their title because it, it should just be Fox. It should just be it, what, it, what it should be is, hey, it should be uh, Fox, a place that has a lot of, you know, sexual harassers. You know, that's who we hire. That's, that's what they do. Um, and, and idiots. Allegedly, I'm just going to keep using the word allegedly to, you know, to to reduce any impact that I might say something that may not be technically true and more opinionated. But Fox does it all the time. Fox News does it all the time. They actually have to issue not apologies, but corrections all the time because they say things and don't use the word allegedly. And yet they still are a news agency watched by millions of. And I don't think those, I honestly don't, for me, I, I yes, I watch Fox News. But when I watch Fox News, I watch it, one, so that I know what talking points people are going to come into work with. And two, because it's entertaining. And, and Fox News should be looked at as nothing more than entertainment. Because they, they don't really report the news. They report the editorial of the news. Or they editorialize the news themselves. And we're stuck with... People that think it's legitimate news, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily put a lot of faith in a CNN or MSNBC or even CBS or NBC or ABC. I get that they, they all have a slanted view, and and some of them are more liberal, some of them are more uh, conservative. But regardless, at least at least for most of those, I can watch and find out the f- the information about an event or something that happened. As opposed to watching Fox News, where I'm immediately felt like, or, or or pushed to feel like, I should feel one way or the other about it. You know, it, it's not that I'm getting information; I'm getting how I should feel about that information, or how it's not. Even, you know what? It's not even how I feel about that information; it's how they feel about that information. And because they feel it, they push other people to feel it, and then we have this unbelievable split feel like I got off topic. Roy Moore, I believe the women are, are are being honest. I believe that he has done exactly what they say he's done. 
I believe he knows that he has done exactly what they say he's done. But he is one of these individuals that either one doesn't see a problem with it or two, uh, he just doesn't care. I guess that'd be the same thing. He doesn't care. He doesn't see the problem in it, you know, or he's forgotten completely. He pulled a Jeff Sessions and he has completely forgotten what took place, how it took place, when it took place, where it took place. You know, I guess that is entirely possible. But if that is the case, do you really want to elect someone that has such a poor memory? I mean, can't we just get Trump to name him, you know, assistant attorney general or something? Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. That is going to do it for this week. Um, we'll get this posted and uh, you'll be able to listen to it as always follow me on Twitter at Barrett Gruber and uh, and if uh, and if you like you know throw some comments out there and uh, we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll talk about it you know correspond uh, but uh, as always again thank you for listening we will be back again soon take care The All About Nothing podcast is a member of the GOT Podcast Network.